Hello everyone. Today we are going to discuss about a lesson titled Pilgrim at Tinker Creek which is written by Annie Dillard. Pilgrim at Tinker Creek by Annie Dillard. Well, let us uh, discuss about uh, the details of the author, who she is, what is his taste, um, what a kind of a human being she was. Well, Annie Dillard was born on April 30, 1945 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, US. You know what her essays of contemplation on the world of nature made this American author extremely popular. Her curriculum vitae denotes that she has no religion and that she is a democrat. Okay, and you know one thing, when we complete this particular uh, text as it is, uh, we are actually with uh, that much of awe and reverence. Okay, towards her writing and not only that because of the subject matter that she is dealing over here although she says that I have no religion and uh, I'm a democrat you have a feeling like she is a person who is an atheist and I believe you know the meaning of the word atheist atheist means disbeliever in God but she is not an atheist okay that's what surprises us okay because you know um, this uh, text called Pilgrim at Tinker Creek is just a narration uh, about a one day uh, incident that she had okay on her usual um, okay um, that actually happened in between her usual habit of walking okay um, and uh, what we feel is like this she is a person uh, who challenges uh, today's world in the sense like um, we have a feeling like uh, today's uh, generation is actually regarded as um, uh, suffering from mass attention deficit disorder am i correct because we are too much immersed in social media or in the subjects that we are most interested in and we seem to neglect everything that is happening around our world okay uh, so uh, you know she is a person who has literally thrown her eyes open and this is what she comments about okay uh, she just uh, shares her experience that she had when she was walking by uh, her neighborhood which is named as Tinger Creek over here okay and uh, she goes on making use of that incident that she is narrating over here and connects it to the um, uh, to the what should I say to the power of God okay how he had built this nature okay we too wonders at the creation the creative power of God by going through that so over here you have to remember that she's a person who said that she has no religion and she's a, a pure democrat well reading her writing process she makes a striking observation she says that I do not so much write a book as sit up with it as a dying friend. Uh, you know, I hold its hand and hope it will get better. Okay, so uh, she, she has dedicated herself in bettering her works. Are we getting it? Uh, Annie Dillard is simultaneously a poet, naturalist, novelist, essayist, critic, theologian, collegist and singer. Do you know who is a collegist? Uh, it's actually a, tech, a technician or a very person who uh, composes a work of art by pasting on a single surface various materials which are not normally associated with one another. You might have participated in collage making competitions at school or college level. The same thing, okay? She was a collegist and a singer too. Uh, her prose is richly poetic and densely philosophic. When she writes, strange things become familiar and vice versa. Yeah, that's actually something magical about uh, the most talented persons in this world. Am I correct? If at all such a person handles a subject matter, that might be a complex idea for the normal you know persons. But when that, that those persons handles with them, that become 
most flexible and familiar i mean they correct well in pilgrim at tinker creek dilat looks at the marvels of nature and searches for god as she rightly puts it she is a theologian uh, i believe you know who is a theologian okay theologian is a person who is an expert in theology okay theology means study of god okay religion well so as she rightly puts it she is a theologian undertaking a pilgrimage into nature she scrutinizes nature with monastic patience and a microscopic eye dilan was the eldest of three girls and she claims in her childhood memoir had great affection for her parents having enjoyed a very joyous childhood she recollects my mother had given me the freedom of the streets as soon as i could say our telephone number well she used to read a wide variety of subjects such as geology natural history uh, entomology and i believe you know entomology you are science students know entomology means a branch of zoology concerned with the study of insects and um, epidemiology epidemiology is actually a branch of medicine which deals with the incidence distribution and possible control of diseases and other factors relating to health um poetry and so on Dillard's books were translated into not less than 10 languages. Her major works are Tickets for a Prayer Wheel which was published in 1974, Pilgrim at the Creek published in 1974, again Holy the Firm published in 1977, Living by Fiction in 1982, Teaching a Stone to Talk in 1982 an american childhood in 1987 the matrix in 2007 abundance which was published in 2016 an american childhood is dillard's autobiography so you remember uh, underline that uh, point and study it it might come for a one mark question okay uh, name the autobiography of annie dillard an american childhood Dillard taught for 21 years in the English department of Wes- Wesleyan University in Connecticut. She was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for General Nonfiction in 1975 for her work Pilgrim at Tinder Creek. You remember this point too. She had won Pulitzer Prize. See the spelling of Pulitzer is P-U-L-I-T-Z-E-R. Okay. and we have been using it you know when uh, you know since when you started uh, learning these articles and fictional literature but uh, you please pronounce it clearly okay the spelling is l i but the pronunciation is l pu l s pulatsa okay remember that so she got pulatsa prize for general non fiction okay in uh, you remember the year which is 1975 and it is for her work pilgrim at tinder creek that we have we are going to study okay a portion of it the book has been described as a naturalist classic okay remember that term naturalist classic annie dillard says that initially she had thought this book would be read only by a few months Okay, so monks will be those persons who are interested in such a kind of experiences, such a kinds of ponderings and meditation of the natural world and connecting it to theology or God or divinity. Am I correct? So she had thought that her book will be only read by few monks. Okay, who are religious people. But after the book won the Pulitzer Prize for general nonfiction, it reached a much larger audience. Dillard has been described as a perfect antidote. Okay, what is an antidote? It's a substance which can counteract a form of poisoning. So, uh, she is a perfect antidote for an epoch defined by mass attention deficit disorder. So, I had mentioned it in the outset itself. Okay, mass attention deficit disorder. Th- this is something which is par- part and parcel of uh, our contemporary world, the modern era. Uh, era. Okay, we do not pay attention to, uh, you know, 
even most important things in our life especially if i say relationships okay and we have seen many uh, trolls okay of social media gadgets usage trolls on the usage of social media gadgets in which you are immersed in the mobile phone and some and you are engaged in doing something in a wrong way okay we had seen many such things okay those are some typical examples so but anyway dilard says that dilard says about the work it's all a matter of keeping my eyes open okay you you know that is what exactly what she is doing and this is actually a question that we should ask ourselves to am they correct in the sense like you know uh, are you keeping your eyes open are you uh, you know a socially committed person do you have any sympathy towards your environment towards your surroundings at least towards the human beings you are interacting with at least towards your family okay well that's a question um she could wait patiently and passionately for hours for a glimpse of a muskrat okay what is this animal muskrat i think um you science students know it better well it's a semi aquatic animal it is a mammal okay mammal um you know what they are known as a good swimmers and they can stay under water for about 15 minutes okay muskrat so this is you know it this you know if at all she had won this pulitzer surprise if at all she had become this much pay, uh, sorry uh, gained this much of popularity uh, it is all because of her patience and passion okay towards the act that she is dedicated to so uh, it it is um, said over here that she had that patience and passion okay she would patiently and passionately uh, wait for hours in order to get a glimpse glimpse means a quick view okay of a muskrat which is an animal well pilgrim at tinger creek is an exciting meditation on nature and its seasons it is a personal narrative revealing the writer's exploration during a holier on foot in her neighborhood in tinger creek in virginia okay so uh, tinger creek is the name of a place which is actually a neighborhood she examines interrogates and uh, experiments with clinical precision proving microscopic details of the hitherto unheeded moments in the natural world okay unheeded the word unheeded means unnoticed okay unheeded make use of the word when you make use of english language okay it's beautiful word unheeded that means unnoticed okay so she is actually opening an eye into those unnoticed moments in the natural world and trying to um, you know convey this message that you know uh, how curious is those natural world and how you can connect it with the divinity well uh, as the strange drama of life gets enacted before our eyes we are directed to see a fresh and muse about the creator's vision and purpose muse over here means get inspired okay so we are to muse get inspired about the creator's vision and purpose purport p u r p o r t okay purport means sense or meaning you know what um, usually muse in greek mythology greek uh, greek and roman mythology muse is actually each of the nine goddesses daughters of uh, zeus and uh, nemosin okay m n e m o s y n zeus is it eus zeus and nemosin who presides over arts and sciences so normally when a poet starts writing he actually calls for the company of these muses okay they start by praising the muses because it is such a kind of a belief like it's actually the um, the work of the muses that you are able to write poetry okay the nine goddesses daughters of zeus and nemosin according to greek and roman mythology but anyway over here muse actually means get inspired okay just that i just shared it as a additional information
well as she attempts to decode the enigma of the water bug sucking the life out of a frog see we are going to see uh, this incident that she came across while she was walking along the edge of an island okay in tinder creek so we are going to study it in detail so let's see what we have here uh, as she attempts to decode the enigma of the water bug enigma over here means that mystery of the water bug sucking the life out of a frog or from the praying mantis laying eggs after deforming the male oh my goodness i think um, you know over here it is said that praying mantis I think you know this insect called praying mantis, right? Uh, you know you can see it especially nowadays when the rain happens, uh, when you switch on light, okay, during night time. Uh, this praying mantis, this insects keep on coming inside our house. You know what differentiates it with other insects is like this. It is a slender, okay, of course thin. Uh, it always has a gesture of. Uh, praying okay or holding the arms as if in a prayer it keeps on touching the four arms uh, as if it is trying to pray are you getting it? that's why uh, how it got this name praying mantis i believe you know you have seen this insect if you have not seen google it out okay so simple well um so it is uh, said over here that uh, the praying mantis they lay their eggs after deforming and i think as a science students um, there is a cannibalism which is prevalent among spiders am i correct this um, female spider it kills and uh, eats the male spider uh, sorry male spider after mating i believe so there are many such uh, curious okay um, activities okay going on in the nature then again he, uh, she makes a comment on from the monarch butterflies Uh, which hatch and the, it is said that they carry the smell of the previous seasons with them before migrating to the south oh my goodness how awesome it is the reader is filled with awe and uh, awe means wonder and reverence reverence means respect at this recognition of the natural world but anyway uh, you know this uh, sum up is all about the Uh, the book as such and in this lesson that in the text that we have to study we have this portion of uh, um that water bug sucking the life out of a frog okay and a few other uh, other details too well dillard was greatly inspired by thoreau's walden okay henry david thoreau t h o r e a u thoreau Okay, not the spelling. He is an American essayist, poet, and philosopher, uh, famous for his writing, his text called Walden. Well, but unlike Thoreau, in the Pilgrim at Tinker Creek, Dilla does not discuss her memories of the past, her motives, or the house she lives in, or people around her. Uh, and there are no explicit opinions about society too okay see uh, each and every writer is um, unique okay he or she will have their own personality to express through their writing so annie dillard this is one case about her she never ever goes and discusses about her memories in pilgrim at tinder creek okay but uh, she she actually talks about her experiences in her interactions with the natural world so i hope uh, all the uh, all the points that we had discussed about annie dillard is pretty clear with you okay so uh, i hope you will find this material useful let us move on to um, the text as such pilgrim at tinger creek in the next segment Let us move on to our session today. We are starting with the text Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. So, uh, through this textbook, Annie Dillard, she is actually trying to narrate uh, an incident that happened with her. Okay, uh, out of the text, we come to know that she is a person very much interested in 
deeply observing nature and uh, just for the sake she used to go for long walks that too into the deep of the forest okay it is imagine what a kind of a personality she is oh my goodness uh, this is something unimaginable in the society that we are living in am i correct she should be a blessed person to lead such a life too that has to be Uh, taken into account too well anyway so we are going to study um, a one day trip made by annie dillard into a deep forest uh, and inside the forest there is a river and let's see what was the incident that she came across and you know what she is going to do in this text she just talks about that incident and she tries to connect it with the concept of god so let's see we had already discussed in the outset of this particular uh, lesson itself that uh, she is a person who says that she has no religion and that she is a democrat then why is she going on connecting you know these uh, subtle things that are happening in the uh, nature to the concept of god let's see let's uh, observe her and let's see is there something different in the concept of god which is pursued by anidilla or if at all there is something new for us to learn out of this lesson okay so just come along with me moving on to the text which is in page number 20 pilgrim at tinder creek a couple of summers ago i was walking along the edge of the island to see what i could see in the water and mainly to scare frogs see uh, frogs are of course you know it was said that frogs are the friends of farmers am i correct and we know there are actually very many superstitions in relation to frogs i remember when i was a child if at all we go to trouble a frog elders in the family they will come and ask us they will literally scold us not to kill a frog if you kill a frog then some kind of liquid will come out of your ear i remember such a superstitious remarks but anyway there is of course some um, sense in it okay i'm not saying that those superstitions are real but you know what is the sense yeah maybe being uh, science students you better know about all these things okay but still uh, i later came to understand that it is just because um, these frogs actually help farmers very well you know how they eat the insects in the field okay say if you have a paddy field okay acres of land and recently we came uh, across with an attack of such uh, insects uh, i think in north india do you remember you might have seen it in social media um, you know thousands and thousands of such insects are coming and sucking um the fluid out of the plants and uh, it's actually eating away a particular percentage of eatery okay um well anyway so these are the things going on anyway when she is just walking along the edge of an island uh, she could see the water over there and she actually want to scare frogs that's why she is just walking on the edge frogs have an inelegant way of taking off from invisible positions on the bank just ahead of your feet in dire panic emitting a froggy yike y i k e as it is given in the text i feel like this is an experience that all, that all of us have shared am i correct especially uh during rainy seasons or imagine uh, that you are visiting a field a paddy field or some such kind of an area by the side of a river or a pond you know uh, if you are walking through the grass all on a sudden you have a feeling that something jumped out of if it is water nearby it will be literally jumping into it and uh, we we only see a splash and we assume that oh my goodness it was a frog and i was about to walk on that they correct we all had actually such experiences well i don't know being the new generation you have had such experience or not as a person uh, i remember okay i basically had all these experiences okay i used to uh, you know get marvel sorry uh, i used to get surprised too well not surprised right shocked <laughs> well 
and our feeling towards the frog is something that is mixed am i correct i remember one of my friends in my hostel she you know uh, in the bathroom there used to be frog every day okay and she was the very person if at all somebody gets into the bathroom and goes for a bath if at all they come across with a frog we all will yell <laughs> and she will she is the only person she, we would be calling her out she will come and she will be just um what should i say taking the frog out using her legs okay bare legs she used to just touch it okay and it will be jump, jumping out well so our association with the frog this different okay my experience is literally different since like i just i have a kind of uh, what should i say if i say i hate it it will not be correct okay um i feel it um a bit awkward okay uh, the presence of frog but anyway nowadays when just because maybe because i'm grown up i just do not care whether a frog is sitting over there or not well so moving on to the lesson so she actually talks about such a kind of an experience uh, they always uh, jump past ourselves in an inelegant way well and they splash into the water incredibly this amused me and incredibly it amuses me still as i walked along the grassy edge of the island i got better and better at seeing frogs both in and out of the water i learned to recognize slowing down the difference in texture of the light reflected from mud bank water grass or frog Okay, so this is why we started saying that she is a great observer of things. So, okay, that too in nature. You just see, uh, you know, maybe because yeah, people with this uh, artistic mind, okay, or um, uh, poetic mentality, they will be persons who observe all these tiny bits of things. Even uh, if you are, um, you know, all of you are a science student, but still. many of you might be there okay who just uh, try to find beauty in everything uh, we just look at a grass that uh, usually during uh, mornings and all that dew on the tip of a grass uh, we used to look at it stare at it and enjoy the beauty of it i mean i mean they correct so she is just trying to recognize uh, how this light is getting reflected upon the surfaces that she is coming across in that uh, island well frogs were flying all around me at the end of the island i noticed a small green frog he was exactly half in and half out of the water looking like a schematic diagram of an amphibian and he didn't jump okay what do you mean by the schematic diagram yeah you better know it because you are the people who do you know uh, work with the records am i correct you have physics chemistry uh, botany you know all kinds of records and all so what is a schematic diagram it shows uh, the main form and the features of something okay so um, she felt like when she was looking onto this green frog on the surface of the water it was exactly you know we uh, had such a views on the on the ponds i may correct if you have a pond nearby if a frog is there it usually surfaces like this okay half in and half out of the water well anyway he didn't jump i crept closer so she uh, told us she uh, she started the narration by telling us that when we go near a frog it will be jumping out in an awkward way in an inelegant way but over here there is a difference what happened to this green frog then he didn't jump i crept closer at last i knelt on the island's winter killed grass lost dumbstruck staring at the frog in the creek just 4 feet away okay so she tried to approach this frog the frog is still lying on the surface of the water okay on the river so she actually knelt down over the she she uh, sorry she sat by the side of the river and she was again trying to look at the frog closely okay well anyway 
uh, he was a very small frog with white dull eyes this is how the frog looks like it has dull eyes and just as i looked at him he slowly crumbled and began to sag crumble means it's something like wrinkles okay forming wrinkles on your skin so imagine that you are crushing a paper a white paper in your hand how would it look like it's the same okay he slowly crumbled and began to sag sag means sink okay sink into the water the spirit vanished from his eyes as if shuffled okay shuffle means put an end okay you have a she is right now looking on to the frog and what happened was like this she is feeling like the spirit of this animal is actually vanishing out of its eyes as if somebody had put an end to the life of the frog his skin emptied and drooped okay droop means it hang down and his very skull seemed to collapse and settle like a kicked tent okay kicked tent tent means shelter what happens you know we used to um, play with this making tents when we were children right so imagine that you have a mischievous very pranky brother pure cousin and you forgot to call him uh, to the making process of this tent and uh, obviously okay certainly he will be feeling mad at you what will be her sorry his next reaction he will be coming and kicking your tent make correct what happens you you can imagine if you have made such a things using the old sarees of your mom's mothers okay mom's you know etc not mothers okay i should take it back well um so uh, she was uh, observing all these things okay uh, in the outset she was uh, seeing that the frog was actually uh, floating on the surface of the water it was alive in her eyes and it all this is actually happening all these are happening in front of her eyes right now it lost its life okay and its skin began to settle like a kicked tent he was shrinking before my eyes like a deflating football okay what is a deflating football you know uh, you take the image like uh, a football uh, which uh, doesn't have air in it okay or deflating in the sense like a football which has air and the air is actually uh, you know pushing out in front of your eyes and you are feeling the football okay um, getting crumbled okay in front of your eyes so deflating football i watched the tout t a u t tout means tight glistening skin on his shoulders rock and rumble okay rock and rumble in the sense like over here it crumbled or it got crushed okay and fall soon part of his skin formless as a pricked balloon lay in floating folds like bright scum on top of the water okay what do you mean by scum s c u m scum means dirt okay d i r t dirt or froth on the surface of water okay uh, you know you we actually tend to see this when you uh, approach a river which is totally contaminated okay uh, no i shouldn't take use you know make use of the river no it's something very painful you imagine a unused pond with contaminated water what you see on the surface is you know many um, bubbles or froth and dirt okay accumulating Uh, on the which is already accumulated on the surface of the water so what happened to the skin the skin actually uh, the skin was formless right now it is it actually looks like a pricked balloon what happens when you prick a balloon okay it will burst out and you can imagine what uh, what is the uh, uh, position of the balloon right now okay what will happen to the balloon you just have that skin of the balloon and it lay in floating folds like scum on the top of the water okay 
it was a monstrous and terrifying thing just because this might be a first hand experience as far as any dillard is concerned so she says that oh my goodness an animal which was alive in front of me that uh, that actually died in front of me and uh, you know the manner in which it died okay uh, it's a flesh it was sucked away out of it am i correct okay then or else how can um, it remain in its skin only right now well so it was literally terrifying as far as she was concerned i gaped gaped means stared okay i gaped bewildered and appalled bewildered means confused appalled appalled over here means of course it means shocked an oval shadow hung in the water behind the drained frog then the shadow glided away the frog skin sorry the frog skin bag started to sink oh my goodness what is happening so all these are actually happening in front of her eyes okay so she could see that there is a shadow just beneath this particular skin of the frog okay right now only skin is left a few seconds or a few minutes ago it was a complete frog okay living animal so there was a shadow okay um an oval shadow hung in the water just behind the frog and what happened is in front of her eyes that shadow just glided away into the depths of the water and the frog skin back started to sink well so what is this mystery so in let's see what it is i had read about a giant water bug but never seen one giant water bug is really the name of the creature which is an enormous heavy bodied brown bug it's just a bug can you imagine it eats insects tadpoles you know what is a tadpole right okay that little frogs okay in their primary stage right they are called tadpoles it looks like fish well so it eats insects tadpoles fish and frogs its grasping four legs are mighty and hooked inward so that it can catch any prey it can hook the prey okay so that it will not move out uh, it seizes a victim with these legs hooks it tight and paralyzes it with enzymes injected during a vicious bite oh my goodness this is how it is working are you getting it this is how uh, it eats animals okay surrenders its prey it is provided with uh, this grasping four legs which are which which has uh, which is hooked inward okay so what it happens is if at all it confronts a prey it will be hugging it tight using this hooked legs and it produces a vicious enzyme okay okay a poisonous and poisonous enzyme and what happens is when it injects this enzyme through the bite onto the prey this enzyme goes on paralyzing the animal so that that was why the frog was not at all moving apart okay when she was observing observing the sorry observing the green frog that one bite is the only bite it ever takes oh my goodness so you just imagine how concentrated that enzyme is well through the puncture shoot the poisons that dissolve the victims muscles and bones and organs all but the skin and through it the giant water bug sucks out the victims body reduced to a juice are you getting it oh my goodness how mysterious is the natural world this is exactly how she takes a subject matter okay to another level okay my goodness uh, see these um, actions and reactions occur in our nature the very nature that we are a part and parcel of 
okay so what is happening over here when the giant water bug um you know sucks this prey okay it actually holds it tight using the legs which is hooked in board the next thing is it bites the prey while biting it injects a kind of an enzyme into the body of the prey okay over here our green frog okay and what happens to the prey then the enzyme is capable of converting uh the muscles bonds and organs of the animal into juice are you getting it okay so only the skin remains everything inside the skin will be converted into juice and the water bug sucks the juice inside the or through the skin are you getting it well this event is quite common in warm fresh water the frog i saw was being sick sorry was being sucked by a giant water bug i had been kneeling on the island grass when the unrecognizable flap of frog skin settled on the creek bottom swaying swaying means moving from one side to the other just because right now you just have the skin of the frog on the surface of the water and it had already settled on to the bottom of the creek it is not on the surface right now well it is swaying here and there i stood up and brushed the knees of my pants i couldn't catch my breath so it was that much appalling okay that much shocking as far as any dilord was concerned okay so thank you for today's session we will uh, get into the other part of the lesson in the next day thank you for listening hello there welcome back let us move on to the next session of the text um starting with page number 22 in your textbook okay uh, second paragraph so uh, the, in the last session we had discussed an incident uh, that any dilad came across uh, while on a visit to an island and we had seen what happened to that uh, green uh, frog and uh, we had also seen how this water bug actually um eats its prey okay and uh, we we were amused many a time in between and um you know all those uh, narrations were okay uh, it was um, completely picturesque in the sense like uh, i believe if you have gone through the text as such you were actually capturing a kind of a picture okay all these things were literally moving in front of your eyes i believe so so let us uh, get into the other part of the discussion in the outset of this text itself when we started a uh, discussion about this text i had told you that uh, she is annie dillard uh, she is actually um quoting a particular incident okay a, a subtle event that actually happened uh, but she has some uh, higher purpose okay on it so let's see what is that higher purpose uh, which was there inherent in that particular incident that she had narrated already so moving on to the text as such um, of course many carnivorous animals there were they a prey alive they were means they swallow they eat the prey alive um the usual method seems to be to subdue the victim by downing okay downing in the sense you are literally pulling it down or or grasping it so it can't flee then eating it whole or uh, in a series of bloody bites okay so we have seen how ants actually go and eat a particular prey or a food item uh, as far as ants are concerned they will be biting the that food into pieces okay well and uh, we have seen snakes swallowing uh, these frogs itself they will be swallowing it alive okay 
uh, well uh, frogs eat everything whole stuffing prey into their mouths with their thumbs people have seen frogs with their wide jaws so full of live dragonflies they couldn't close them so we have seen it okay if you had any incidents uh, like this if at all you have seen how a frog cap catches its prey eats eats how it is eating this is how it is doing okay well uh, ants don't even have to catch their prey in the spring they swarm over newly hatched featherless birds in the nest and eat them tiny bite by bite oh my goodness if you you know just uh, start considering uh, from the uh, angle of ants yeah it's actually uh, a struggle for their own survival okay uh, uh, but what about those uh, uh, featherless birds okay that newly hatched birds oh my goodness we we feel pity about them so you just see how annie dillard is actually uh, uh, taking us to the kind of the idea that she actually wants to convey well so this is actually an example for that okay so moving on to the next paragraph that it's rough out there and chancy is no surprise every live thing is a survivor on a kind of extended emergency bivac that's a new word i believe okay bivac b i v o u a c bivac means guard or it also means a temporary camp without uh, a tent okay a temporary camp so over here she says that you know if you just observe what are the things that are going on in the nature you might feel like nothing is having um any logic with it okay how come a newly hatched featherless bird is eaten by uh these many ants how can ants prey on those, those cute uh, little uh what should i say birds okay that featherless birds oh my goodness we just can't imagine we 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 can again think like what is the crime that they had done that uh, all on a sudden they just got hatched and the ants are covering them and eating them alive oh my goodness so she says that it is rough out in the nature and it is chancy okay and there is no surprise for that and she says that every live thing is a survivor okay so you have to thank maybe according to your belief you may be an atheist you may be an agnostic okay or you may be a theist it depends upon your own conviction anyway she says that every live thing is a survivor okay and uh, we survive okay everything that is live survives on a kind of extended emergency by work okay so we are in an extended emergency uh, camp which is actually a temporary one okay or we are in an extended emergency guard okay uh, which is absolutely temporary in nature so that means like our life can be snatched at any point of time okay there is no difference whether you are a living being or uh, just a simple ant or such a newly hatched featherless bird uh, nature doesn't have any concern or differentiation okay between all this um uh, it's actually human beings no who uh, associate that uh, everything that is good will happen only with him okay and for others it's actually their plight their fate well but when you just uh, start thinking from the point of view of nature how nature treats everything that is part and parcel of it uh, she says that every live thing we are just survivors okay and we survive on an extended emergency guard so it's actually an emergency guard which is temporary so any time you might lose your life that's the condition well but at the same time we are also created 
ஓகே ஸோ ரொம்ப ஃபீல் லைக் யூனோ வி ஆர் பார்ன் டு டை பட் ஸ்டில் வி ஆர் கிரியேட்டட் மை குட்னஸ் வாட் டஸ் தேட் மீன் இன் தி ஹொரான் அல்லா ஆஸ்ட் தி ஹெவன் அண்ட் தி அர்த் அண்ட் ஆல் இன் பிட்வீன் திங்கஸ் தவ் ஐ மேட் தம் இன் ஜஸ்ட் இட்ஸ் எ கொஸ்டின் Okay, so she is quoting what is given in Quran and she says that inside Quran, you know, there is a statement like this. Uh, the heaven and earth and everything that you see. Okay, I had made them in jest. Okay, jest over here means fun and amusement. I had created everything for fun and amusement. it's a good question is it so okay the heaven and the earth and all in between thinkest thou i made them i made them in jest are you thinking like that that i had created everything in fun or amusement it's a question what do we think of the created universe spanning an unthinkable void with an un thinkable profusion of forms profusion over here means abundant okay so what is your impression about this created universe and we know that uh, it has some unthinkable void with it okay and unthinkable uh, abundance of forms shapes creatures okay void means nothing okay that is also part and parcel of our universe so what is your impression about that or what do we think of nothingness who sickening reaches of time in either direction don't you feel like this nothingness this blackness this void okay void that that which is which cannot be comprehended by a human reasoning that is also part and parcel of this uh, created universe okay and what are you thinking about that about that uh, sickening reaches of time okay so sickening reaches of time in either direction so uh, sickening reaches of time in the sense like if you are unable to comprehend something understand something it is liable to cause a feeling of disgust no okay because we are unable to understand that okay that's what exactly what is meant by here sickening reaches of time so she is asking or what do we think of nothingness to sickening reaches of time in either direction if the giant water bug was not made in jest was it then made in earnest so she is trying to again stick on to the same statement which is given in quran that question not a statement okay i just want to correct it that was a question okay if you think like that what do you think about this creation of the water bug don't you feel like it was created in jest or else if it was created like this okay we had seen the giant water bug with its with its grandeur it's uh, uh, you know we had seen how mighty it was okay how um, cruel merciless it was okay when attacking a prey well but it does it for its own survival too so that's why she is asking us then don't you think like uh, if the giant water bug was not made in jest then was it then made in earnest earnest means sincere and intense conviction okay over here so was it prepared was it created for a, for something that is very serious okay one animal out there which is very vicious able to take the life of a prey by just one bite so uh, how can you understand and comprehend such a kind of a mystery in the universe that's what she is trying to ask well pascal uses a nice term to describe the notion of the creators okay i believe you know who is pascal uh, blaise pascal okay well um, so uh, he uh, he is actually coming up with a a, a, a particular notion a noti i o a notion means an idea of the creator you know he says that once having called for the universe turning his back to it okay so pascal rightly points so she is actually taking picking 
ideas from here and there okay those that she had came across with and she is just now quoting so first she quoted quran then she is quoting pascal she says that he had uh, literally um, put forward such a kind of an idea that god created the universe okay he arranged everything properly created everything beautifully do you know what he had done after that he just turned his back to it so right now whatever happens it hap- it is happening at my back no in my back no then i just have nothing to do with it that's the kind of the attitude that god is having in the opinion of pascal well deus absconditus okay this is a latin phrase deus the spelling is d e u s okay but it is pronounced as deus okay deus absconditus that means hidden god is this what we think happened was the sense of it there and god absconded with it ate it like a wolf who disappears round the edge of the house with the thanksgiving turkey so uh, he is actually coming up you know uh, with the uh, with this idea that god had turned his back to it and any dilard says that you can see similar idea in this latin phrase okay uh, in the latin phrase deus absconditus it means that hidden god and she is asking she is uh, she continues to ask is this what we think happened so is it your conviction about the god like pascal has said that's a question was the sense of it there and god absconded with it ate it like a wolf who disappears who disappears round the edge of the house with the thanksgiving turkey so do you actually consider um god like that okay like a god is hidden and god is just like a wolf who disappears uh, with the thanksgiving turkey that he had been keeping at home okay you have a reference over here thanksgiving it's actually a day of giving thanks okay uh, usually the fourth the thursday of november in us america um, so it's a day of giving thanks for the blessing of the harvest of the preceding year which is celebrated through prayers feasts parades etc okay so usually uh, as part of the celebration as part of the feast uh, this turkey this particular bird it will be kept at home okay and uh, uh, so uh, th- that is a must have okay as far as this uh, thank thanksgiving party is concerned so she's trying to say that god is somebody who actually uh, who actually disappears you know with that thanksgiving turkey well uh, god is subtle and still said but not malicious and right now she is going to another idea what do you mean by subtle subtle means so deli- delicate as to difficult to understand okay so um einstein says that god is subtle but not malicious so you might feel like you cannot understand what it, what exactly is the concept of god and just because you cannot understand many a person argues that um you know god is not at all present in this universe or they they just uh, get transformed into atheist or many a time agnostics okay a g n o s t s agnostic is actually a person who uh, says that he actually wants some proof to believe that god is there atheist is a disbeliever in god okay so he says that uh, uh, god is not malicious okay okay uh, god is not vicious or malicious but he is just subtle so delicate and because he is so delicate it is difficult for a human being to understand him well um, again he says that einstein says that again einstein said that nature conceals her mystery by means of her essential grandeur not by her cunning usually misinterpret the nature 
okay so nature conceals that is hides her mystery okay by means of her essential grandeur grandeur means glory splendor magnificence or greatness you getting it so um, mystery means all those secrets okay that that those uh, hidden secrets which are part and parcel of nature so einstein says that nature conceals hides her secrets by means of her essential greatness okay or the glory and not by her cunning you shouldn't take nature like that okay something which is out there okay uh, trying to snatch our life cunningly well it could be that god has not absconded but spread so uh, you know she is actually trying to make a comparison over here she had pointed out what pascal had used okay had suggested that uh, god had turned uh, his back at the universe after its creation so over here over here she says that god has not uh, uh, has not absconded but spread okay god is not hidden but the point is god is spread everywhere okay as our vision and, and understanding of the universe have spread to a fabric of spirit and sense so grand and subtle so powerful in a new way that we can only feel blindly of its hem okay so uh, she is trying to tell us that being a human being okay our senses are not at all um, perfect enough okay to get the grandeur of the greatness of god get uh, get to understand the greatness of god okay so uh, just because uh, he is spread in the universe okay and the sense so grand and subtle so powerful in a new way something that we cannot understand sense so grand and subtle so power in a new way we can only feel blindly of its hem hem means border or edge okay border or edge well so uh, you are just able to see um its hem the border or the edge being a human being you are unable to understand um, the whole of it are you getting it just because our our capacities are limited well um in making the thick darkness a swaddling swaddling band for the sea god set bars and doors and said hitherto shall thou come but no further okay swaddling means swad means wrap so you just imagine you take the earth as such okay um on the earth itself you could see sea and uh, apart from that when you just move away you see that our earth the planets everything is surrounded by thick darkness okay so in making the thick darkness a swaddling band for the sea you know what god had actually set bars and doors okay we have we are given some barriers we are we are given some limitations okay and he had said that hitherto shall thou come that means until the point okay you can come up to this particular limit and no further hitherto shall thou come but no further but have we come even that far okay so she is trying to ask with all the limitation that a human being is possessing okay have we actually reached that much far that god had already destined to reach or take us to have we rode out to the thick darkness or we are all playing pinocchio pinocchio is actually a card game in the bottom of the pool 
so she's trying to ask us okay have we actually tried to row out of that uh, out to that thick darkness okay are we able to understand the mystery of the creation fully or are we all playing pinnacle pinnacle as i told you is a card game in the bottom of the board in the sense like are we just playing with the subtleties which are part and parcel of it and we are not approaching to the hem of it on to the edge of it to get the complete knowledge okay which is made available by the god um, as um, comprehensible for the human beings have we uh, actually reached over the or are we in an attempt so don't you feel like if at all something like that is there as a human being don't you feel like you have to start your journey towards that okay so it's such a beautiful work by annie dillard so over here god is a metaphor of nature too she urges us to find out the true meaning of the existence of a god okay um well uh, over here we had seen that latin phrase called dius absconditus uh, dius actually in classical latin uh, it again means a uh, dius and the feminine form is diu d e u it was a general noun referring to a deity in late latin dius is used to refer to christian god too okay so dius absconditus here means the god who in his remoteness seems to ignore human suffering that's why he is called dives okay well so that's it about uh, the lesson uh, you have uh, given in page number 24 and 25 a few more descriptions about certain statements given in the text okay you just go through it i hope the idea that we had just discussed is clear with you thank you then